Welcome to the third episode of the WLU AMC podcast. The Wilfrid Laurier University Association of Music Creators, formerly known as the Laurier CIA, is an organization that facilitates events, socials, and composition opportunities for student composers, songwriters, improvisers, and anyone else that creates new music in the faculty of music at Laurier. For more information, check out laurieramc.weebly.com or on our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. In this podcast, we'll be talking to the music creators of Laurier about their music, careers, and anything else that comes up. This episode is hosted by Megan Harden, Hannah Bailey, and Andrew Reinhardt. Today's guest is Emma Verdonk. Emma Verdonk. I'm in fourth year community music, um, but I'm also in uh, composition, so I'm kind of doing kind of doing both, but my major is community music. Uh, my main instruments are voice and violin, uh, and a little bit of piano as well. What was your, um, like, what kind of a music background did you have before you came to Laurier? Mostly just, like, private lessons and uh, doing Royal Conservatory exams for voice and violin. I did a little bit of composing, but not, not a lot. Um, especially prior to understanding like how to notate things. Like I would, I would sing to myself a lot and just make up songs, but I didn't know how to uh, notate it properly, and I didn't really figure that out till I got into the high school, um, and then. Then, then I started writing things down, but before that, it was just little songs I sang to myself. Yeah. What kind of stuff did you write in high school? I don't know. I, I experimented with a lot of things. Uh, I, I discovered a, a online notation software, and that was super cool because I could do all kinds of different instruments. Um, so I liked making really big scores and just going crazy uh, with that. But I, I also really liked writing piano, piano music and uh, vocal music mostly because that's what I was comfortable doing. So did you mostly like write for yourself to play things or? Yes, although I'd never really performed it. Yeah. Um, it was just something I liked doing for the fun of it. So. I really like uh, trying trying different things. Um, I love writing for the harp, I've discovered. and You're really good at it, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he talks about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I, I like, seriously, like, she has to play this instrument. Yeah, I think the first time I wrote for harp, um, my composition prof told me, right, like, right from the get-go, you have to be careful because they have to change pedals and don't write anything too chromatic and for some reason that is always just like stuck in my head and so I've always been very careful with what I write for her I think. What other instruments have you found that you really like composing for? Classical guitar. Yeah. I love I love the classical guitar um, and French horn. I actually never liked French horn, uh, or even brass. I thought it was very exclamatory and kind of in your face. And then I listened to, I heard a piece once, and it opened with just this beautiful, stunning French horn solo. And it was very, very much like a vocal line. And ever since then, I, I like, I love the French horn. So. 
Yeah, brass gets, like, a bad rep for, like, being very aggressive, but, like, any, like, solo brass music is, like, very... And a lot of it is, um, based off, like, vocal or string music. Um, so, I prefer solo brass instruments. (laughs) You talked about starting composing in high school. Is there, like, a specific moment that, like, made you want to... Other than just, like, starting to, like, write songs, but is there something that, like did you actually want to start composing or like start studying it in university? No, I, I don't think there's ever been a moment where I'm like, oh, I want to be a composer. It's just kind of always been inside of me. Like I said, I used to just make up little songs and sing them to myself. And I've been doing that for as long as I can remember. And so I think just the, um, the want to make things, to create things, has always just been part of me. And uh, as I learned more about music, that developed and um, made, just made me want to learn more and try more things. Are you an artist in like other disciplines? Yeah, I actually have been uh, doing some painting lately. That's actually recent. Um, but then I'm also like writing, uh, create, do creative writing. I've written some short stories and have them published and things like that. I think I wrote a retelling of Little Red Riding Hood, um, and it was in a small magazine, and um, there was a, a book of poetry by Canadian writers that I had a poem published That's in. That's really wow. cool. <laughs> so, hence why I like writing my own words, well, like my libretto. And yeah, because yeah. Do you always write your own like text for vocal music? Uh, usually, there's a few things that I um, have used other other texts. Like I um, I wrote a piece for the Lord's My Shepherd for voice and piano, and I did a rendition of the Lord's Prayer. But other than that, I usually write write my own text. Because I mean, there's also there's the um, there's the problem of uh, is it copyright? Copyright, yes. And getting permission to use other people's mm-hmm. poetry, so I'm always a little bit like, oh, is, am I allowed to actually use this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, for me, it's easier just to write my own. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Linda showed us a piece where, like, this this one person used um, the text from a newspaper, like specifically like the obituaries in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Because like newspapers are public domain, and I was like, wow. And they you used guys... like the weather on certain days. Yeah. And I think stocks. Yeah. You have... So it was oh. like a collection of three pieces yeah. that they used. To... Yeah. So like wow. sometimes people have to get like really creative. Yeah. With that's public domain. Yeah. They can't come up with their own. That's cool. It ended up being really cool. Though. Yeah. I really liked it's it. You piece. never would have like. I don't know if I would have put it together. Like, yeah. I would have thought that they were making it up. Or... Yeah. Um, so speaking of your grad piece, like the, the opera, what, so you, you presented a, l- a little bit of it in comp seminar, but do you want to talk about it a little bit more? Sure, yeah. So my uh, opera, operetta, I guess, because um, it's only about 11 minutes, is called The Sun and the Moon, and basically it's climate change from the perspective of the sun and the moon, um, but uh, to elaborate more, it starts with creation and um, the sun and the moon talking about how beautiful earth is and just kind of praising, praising all these beautiful aspects and characteristics. And so they, uh, they each have their own little aria, Song of the Sun and the Moon Lullaby. And... 
I just, I wanted to show to begin with how beautiful it is because it makes the impact of the change uh, a lot stronger. And um, yeah, I mean, if you just, if you just talk about, just talk about the change, then well, what, what exactly changed? Um, it's, uh, yeah, I just felt it would be stronger if I showed what it was like before. And so then after they have their little, their arias praising the earth, things get a little dark and it leads into a, a duet called Smoke, which is really the uh, industrial revolution. And uh, yeah, they talk about how um, it's just deteriorating and how the the people on earth always want more and so they always want stronger faster higher um, and it gets it just it gets kind of crazy and frantic uh, at that moment and then all of a sudden it comes down and the Sun sings where has the night sky gone where are the stars uh, and that's one thing that um, I feel a lot as living in the city for school. I look up and I can't see the stars, and that makes me really sad. And even when I live in the country um, at home, I, I mean, I see the stars, but they're nothing compared to what um, they what's really up there. Uh, and so it's just kind of this twist of perspective because... I mean, the sun and the moon can always see the night sky, really. it's They're talking about what we see, really. Um, and, yeah, so they talk about um, the night sky, and then that leads into the last song, um, which the moon sings, and it's called The, the Sun Wept. And uh, I think the words are, The sun wept, great tears of gold, great tears of sorrow. Um, and then there's a little section in between, and then the end says it's she covered her face, and the earth was cast into darkness, uh, which is a very yeah a very dark, dramatic ending. And part of me is like, oh, that's so cliche. You know, operas always end on this like very dramatic note. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't want it just to be this. Oh, that's a cute story. Um, they all live happily ever after. You know, the end. Um, I want it to be you know, the sun wept and the earth was cast into darkness, and people are like, oh, what? Like, what just happened? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I like it. At the same time, I kind of don't, but, I mean, I've written it now. I'm going to stick with that and see, <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's, like, a much more powerful way mm -hmm. of uh, writing it, because, like, there's clearly some intent that you're, trying to convey with it and if it ended positively it would kind of fall short mm -hmm. yeah so it's uh it's written for the sun is a soprano the moon is mezzo and then i have a string quartet and harp as the uh, little orchestra <laughs> what made you pick the like that instrumentation hmm, i actually spent a long time thinking about what kind of instruments I wanted. Um, and I had considered adding a flute in there too. Um, but in the end, I don't know, I like the full sound that you can get with a, with a string quartet. Um, because yeah, you have the, the cello, which can go, go low, the viola, and then the two violins. So it's, it's nice and full. It covers a lot of the ranges. Um, strings are something I am more comfortable writing with and uh, writing for and then 
the harp. I just, I like the sound of the harp and I thought it could add um, a nice, a different texture, a nice texture to it. Um, and then, then they can kind of take a break. You can have like the strings play and then a piece for the harp and then the strings and it just kind of, a little bit of change, but not like a ton of change. So. Do you, um, like, I've heard of some of your music, but not a lot, and, like, this is, like, a very much so, like, has a message that you're trying to convey. Do you find that you do that often, or do you regularly, like, engage in environmental things through, like, music? Um, actually, I've, I was looking back today, as you asked me for some recordings and things, so I was looking at back at what I had written and I discovered that I do often tend to turn to nature um, for my pieces without even really meaning to. Um, so I guess, I think, I mean, environmental things are very uh, important to me even though I don't always realize it. Uh, I have a piece um, called Zonlicht, Zonlicht, which is sunlight in Dutch. So, uh, goldenrod, and those those pieces stemmed from like this this picture in my head that I had of nature, and um, I just I wanted to tell that story through music. So. There's also the um, I remember at the first comp concert this year, the piano one, the rainbow. Yes. Well, there's there's you had two pianos. Yes. That one, yes. I guess. Um, colors in the sky. Yeah. About the about the double rainbow. I yeah. I was driving home from work one day and I saw a double rainbow in the sky and it was just it was stunning. It was the clearest double rainbow I'd ever seen, and uh, I just thought I was like, oh, I need to write a song about that. <laughs> so that's how that's how that one came about.
So, like, from your time when you started writing music up until now, what do you think your, like, biggest learning experience was? That's a big question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that, like, after, you, after I said it, I was like, um, that's, like, no good. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think about that one. Um, my biggest learning experience... I think it's just all been a one big learning experience and from learning how to organize players and actually get up the courage to ask people because you have to do that. Uh, I remember in first year I was a little bit terrified of that um, and I still, I think I still am because um, you're asking a favor from people. I'm like what if they don't like it and I'm just asking them to do it and they just, they don't want to. <laughs> Uh, so there's, yeah, learning to work with people and just, I don't know, stepping out of my comfort zone and just pushing my music out there a little bit. Uh, and learning to write for bigger ensembles, there's a lot of the, just a lot of formatting things that come with uh, composition. <laughs> All those, for, for vocal lines, the dynamics have to go above, above the staff and, um, you know, just all those tiny things. Uh, yeah, and also learning about the different instruments. Just learning what they can do, what they can't do, uh, what their uh, what their most comfortable things are to do and how they are going to sound the best. And what they sound the best with. Um, I mean, there's always different textures and things that you want. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of things. 
I've learned, and I can't say that there's one thing where I say, oh, that was my aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great because, as you said, like trying to figure out what different instruments are good at and like what they like to do, it's also like I found it super easy to be like, hey, like you play this instrument, can you take like 15 minutes and show me everything it can do one day and just like let me know when you're free? And people are usually like, yeah, of course, like I'll show you everything. Other than the opera, operetta, what are you working on anything else right now? Uh, yeah, so I just finished the operetta. <clears throat> I sent the parts out to my players last week, and then I started writing a vocal piece. Well, it's I guess it's finished now. My church has a talent night this weekend, so like I guess I should write something for that um so I just I just finished that and I'm thinking about writing uh, a piece for a woman's choir I've never done that before and I thought I should give it a go so yeah, I I'm always like very um I mean I love the four parts of a choir and so I'm like oh I mean woman's choir no I'll just I'll just I'll write the choir that has all four parts and so I've kind of got to just force myself to do it because I think when I do I will really like it and I'll enjoy it um so yeah I think I want to give that a go do you have like a particular writing process that you use when you're approaching a new piece no not usually I just I often have a story in my head or a picture and I build off of that uh, but I don't have like a process um, pick the tonality or the key or the time signature or anything like that I just um, I see this story or picture in my head and I I go with that so, like yeah. I, I use the piano a lot for for composing um, I mean I'm not a very good pianist but uh, I, I use it as a tool do you have any favorite composers or music creators that you like to listen to? I think one of my favorites is probably Hans Zimmer. Uh, <laughs> big surprise. Uh, I just, I love all the different styles that he uses. He's constantly exploring different things and I don't think I have a song of his that I really don't like. Um, yeah, and uh, I think with that is he's telling a story with his music, which is what I like to do as well. And so I think I relate to that. And 
Also, I think James James Newton Howard is one of my favorites as well. Uh, and then more on the classical side, I really like Rachmaninoff. Mm. He has a really good piece, um, Bogorodice Dievo. Have you heard it? No. I'll have to send it to is you. It it's a piece? choral piece. Oh, choral piece. And it's arranged for SSAA as well. Oh. So it's, I think it's originally SATB, but it's also, there's an SSAA version. So if you're wanting to do one in this choir, you could oh, look at so that. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really good. Definitely. Yeah. Is, um, is like film composition or like scoring picture something that you're like interested in? I don't know. I get asked that more often because people ask me, yeah, who's your favorite composer? And I say Hans Zimmer, and like, oh, you want to be a film composer? <laughs> and I'm, I don't know. I've never really tried it, so I can't say whether or not I, I would like it. Um, I know that often with film composing, they have a really tough time crunch uh, while doing that, and I don't know if I'd enjoy that so much. I, I like... As I've said, as I mentioned before, I just I love the marriage of story and music. Uh, so I think that what that's what really draws me to uh, soundtracks. But I don't I don't know if I could actually do it. <laughs> yeah, there's like some crazy deadlines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to some interviews from like Hans Zimmer and then whatnot, and it's like, oh, they have a month or three weeks to do this one movie. It's like, oh, why? <laughs> I think Hans Zimmer did, like, a, an electric, like, one of those, like, I think he did something with native instruments. He did, uh, um... Is it his piano? He did, he did, his, he did a few. The one that I know of is, was, um, he released it right before Superman Man of Steel came out, and it's a whole, like, bunch of sample, samples of different metallic instruments, and it's, like, one of them is, like, literally a guy just, like, scraping metal together, <laughs> and some, like, wild noises, but, like... Yeah. Almost the entire Man of Steel, like, um, soundtrack is, like, actual metal, which is wild. Yeah, it, it, some of the sound effects that he creates are crazy. Like, for Batman, uh, I think the the signature sound of the Joker is a pencil on an electric guitar just running up and down the street. Yeah, so they, like, unexplored cool. sounds with instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you found that you've been, like, influenced in any way by the composers that you like, like Hans Zimmer or... Rachmaninoff or whatever. I do find that. I probably have been, I think, but I can't say I can't look at a piece of my music and be like, oh, that sounds like <laughs> Rachmaninoff or Hans Zimmer. Uh, so I probably have been, but I can't. I couldn't point it out. Oh yeah. So okay. So after Laurier, what do you see yourself doing when you graduate? Well, I've applied for my master's of composition. Uh, at University of Toronto and Western, so I'm going to start with that and see how things go. Uh, I'm not really sure where I would like to go specifically uh, for a career or what I want to do for a career. I, As long as it involves composing <laughs> somehow, um, I would be happy with that. I mean, if it's, I mean, it could be film scoring, um, could be, I mean, ideally, I, I mean, I would love to be like a resident composer for a, a orchestra or something like that, but we'll see what happens. Um, as long as it involves composing, like, I think I'm, I'd be pretty happy, because uh, I'm, I'm not picky with what I want to write. I like to write all kinds of things, so...
I don't think the life of a composer is ever a very uh, direct one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we'll. I mean, I'll probably have to end up uh, taking a taking another job or something, or maybe I can, um, if I combine my other creative sides with writing and painting, maybe I can make something up. But uh, with all likelihood, I'll probably have to get a job. But. I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. My my summer job. Um, I'm very happy there. It's a, a farmers market and garden center. So, I mean, I could I'd be fine with doing that part time. Um. So, we kind of already talked about your operetta and stuff, but do you want to present anything? Uh, think of what I brought. <clears throat> I think I mentioned the one earlier, uh, called Zonnelicht which is Sunlight in Dutch. It's for the uh, for String Quartet, and I wrote it for the Penderecki String Quartet reading last year. Uh, and so that one, I had a picture in my head of a sunrise. I often uh, would take pictures of sunrises. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in high school, we had this beautiful spot where um, there was a hill with the trees, and with trees on top, and the sun would just... Um, peek over top, and um, especially in the winter time, it would make everything just glitter. Uh, it was really beautiful, and so I kind of had that picture in my head when I started writing the string quartet. So it starts with uh, with harmonics, just as like a few a few rays of sunlight just kind of peek over the trees, and then there's some more harmonics, and it gets it gradually gets busier, and then um, they they go to uh, they go to Arco. continues just to get busier and fuller and texture fills out and then uh, as, as the sun is fully above the trees then you also hear some little motifs that are like birds uh, and then in the end it just kind of slowly fades away again in the end. Um, I never really decided if that was like the sunset. I guess it could be. Depends on how you would like to interpret it. Um, if that, if the sunrise is that really big moment, and then as it goes into the sky, um, it fades away again, or if the sunrise, the the busiest part is the middle of the day, uh, I'm I don't really know. So I guess it's just, I'd leave it up to interpret in, to the interpretation of the audience. Um, but yeah, that piece was especially inspired by uh, a song by Max Richter. I think it's called "On the Notion of Daylight," and. Uh, I just, yeah, I really liked the texture that he used in his piece, and uh, I wanted to try it out as well, so.
anything you want to say to potential future Laurier students that are thinking about composition or just music or community music or any of the many things that you do? <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it's, sometimes I feel like I have my fingers in a lot of different sugar pots <laughs> just because there are so many good things that I've been able to try out. Uh, but as for advice, uh, I think I would just say just write things uh, and experiment with things because there's a lot of things available to students and uh, it would be it they should take advantage of it while they are here. Uh, there's a lot of they're surrounded by a lot of really good and talented musicians and so they should they should write for them. Uh, and yeah, try new things and make mistakes. Uh, because now is the time to make mistakes and learn from them. Mm -hmm.